Hello, East Glenville Community Church. This is Jessica Munn with episode eight of So, I Have a Question. And I have uh, Pastor Mitch here with me, and we're going to be talking about uh, the sermon from Sunday, November 7th. So The difficult conversation. Yes. Hopefully this will be a good conversation about the difficult one. Right, and yeah. not difficult at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I have a question to get started with. Uh, you, so you started the passage that was kind of underlying for this lesson was Ezekiel 3. Mm-hmm. Um, and in it, it talks about Ezekiel being called to be a watchman um, for the people of Israel, mm-hmm. specifically because he's being called to be a prophet at that time. So my question is, how does like Ezekiel's specific calling get translated then to all of us? Because you had mentioned in your sermon that we're all to be watchmen for each other. Yeah, uh, good question, because you can't assume that just because a prophet is given a certain role that we necessarily as Christians will all have that role. Um, and and so what the key thing for Ezekiel as a prophet in the Old Testament, not everyone had the Spirit of God in them. Mm. But as a prophet, Ezekiel would be filled with the Spirit and he could hear God in this. And and so where I think it, it translates to us in the New Testament is we see in the, the other passage I looked at, um, Galatians 6, 1, that, that tells um, Christians, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. And so you who are spiritual or you who have God's spirit in them, which is all, all believers then, mm-hmm have this role of of aiding one another, supporting one another by addressing sin in our lives. And now the emphasis we see here that 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 you don't see in Ezekiel 3 is about the gentleness. And I think that's where the gospel comes into play. Ezekiel kind of had to take a harsh role because of the timing of of his 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 ministry. Mm-hmm. We are called to apply it in in a gracious manner. Um, Jesus also says the same thing in Matthew 18, where it becomes applied to us, where it says, you know, if your brother has sinned against you, go talk to them one-on-one in private, Mm. which then means it's for every believer. It's not go tell your pastor (laughs) and have your pastor go talk to them or go tell, you know, go tell some other spiritual leader. It really does mean, you know, we in all of our relationships will have to take this role. Even though I know for most of us, we don't like it. Mm-hmm. It is a difficult, that's why we're calling it the difficult conversation. So yeah. I think it's uncomfortable, but even that is 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 good in a way. One, it forces us to trust the Lord mm. when we have to do this. And two, it we probably shouldn't jump into it with, too quickly. <laughs> you know, fear sometimes keeps us from doing something stupid. And so it would at least make us think through, should I really approach this person in this case? Yeah. Because there's times not to. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so I, I was thinking I had a question for you in regards to that. But, yeah, well, the main one was, have have you ever had someone play that role for you? Or have you ever had the have a difficult conversation. Does, does this, is this something that's hard for you or? Yeah. 
yeah, I think that, I think for me being, being, the idea of being a watchman is hard because a lot of times it's easier to just look at, even like you had mentioned in your sermon that the small, like something small could lead to, like could continue leading down a bad path. And I think a lot of times it's easier to be like, oh, it's just, it's just a little thing. It's fine. Like I'd rather not make a mountain out of a molehill type of thing Mm -hmm. um, instead of being like, actually, this might be a good way to have a difficult conversation and to just see where they're headed with it type of thing. Uh It could, it could just be a molehill, but it might be the beginnings of a mountain that need to get addressed. Yeah. Um, And so I've definitely, I've, I've actually seen, there was a time when uh, something that my, my friends were in a relationship that I wasn't necessarily in agreement with the direction and some of the things they were doing um, in their romantic relationship. And uh, I didn't say anything. And then my staff worker came along and like spoke to them and they like, and they came back to me later and was like, oh, is that why like you kind of just dropped the topic because you didn't want to like talk about it. So it was just interesting of seeing like his ability to be like, actually, no, I want to have this difficult conversation, whereas Mm. I kind of let it go. Um, And so, so yeah, I think it's definitely being a watchman is definitely harder for me. Um, Okay. But. Yeah. And I think a lot of us find it difficult. And um and I think there there is the there is some gray area as to when when is it my business? Mm-hmm. You know, cuz you don't always know, well do I really know better on this issue? Yeah. You know, um and then secondly, when, when is it not just a something small that that could be overlooked versus is this a pattern? Yeah. And when it's happening over and over again, then it's, you know, beyond even just how to approach someone, knowing when to approach them, I think is one of the harder parts of this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, And speaking of the harder parts of this, so you talked about the idea of how to gently engage in this difficult conversation. Uh, So just to kind of run over the ideas you had thrown out or the yeah uh before going pray and prepare affirm the relationship address the specific issue actively listen seek help from others and aim toward restoration and so i'm kind of curious like which of these do you think are the ones we should maybe like kind of hone in and really try to focus on or the ones that are like the most easy to forget in the moment um I just thought of a, a one that I think we sometimes don't do very well, and that's the affirm the relationship. Mm. And and I think even possible people mishear that because you think it means just saying nice things to them a few times, mm. and you know before you before you give a criticism, give three compliments. I've I've heard that concept. <laughs> that's not exactly what this is. It could look like that. Mm-hmm. But I think affirming the relationship is setting someone e- at ease that that you are for them, not against them. That, you know, you're my brother or sister in the faith and I want to be in this friendship. I'm not looking for reasons to to end the friendship. Right, or, or to throw you under the bus. Or... Yeah, or if it's a boss employee, you know, I'm not looking for a reason to get rid of you or mm-hmm. anything. You know, affirm the relationship, not just you know, look for positive things. But I 
I think in doing that, the best way to affirm the relationship oftentimes is, hey, I've saw, I saw you doing this, and that was that was really good. Mm-hmm. But we do need to speak about this. So I think that one we miss a lot. Mm. Um, the other one I see people get wrong a lot is, is addressing the specific issue. I think there's just so much that temptation to 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 bring up everything that that you're annoyed about in yeah. that. And um I kind of use the illustration of 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 someone who did that to me and I mean I just I remember him pulling out this list. <laughs> and when he told me he he went to others to find the things they were annoyed about too. I'm like this is not going to be a good conversation. <laughs> no. And by then I had had already set my I mean thankfully I I had gone through this training and I had set my heart to not argue back and that that you know in my younger days i think i would have handled that really badly i I got better at it Mm -hmm. um and was ready for that conversation but it didn't yield as much fruit from because they were just they wanted to talk about everything right is there anything on this list you see as either needs to be clarified or is um or maybe something to add that that i didn't get to that would be helpful when going to gently engage yeah i think that a lot of these like the actively listen like that's that's kind of something that even our culture is kind of like like you should and so it it makes sense to see it here but i think Mm. the the one that kind of stood out to me was just the uh before going pray and prepare Mm. and just like the fact that you were like you know have answered prepared like think through the conversation have answers prepared even though like there's a very high chance that whatever you've prepared is nothing like how the actual conversation goes. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, I thought that was helpful because then it, especially like it gives you the chance to kind of sit through and like both sit in the other person's shoes and think of how they'll respond to something. Mm-hmm. And also then how you get kind of a first run at like, how would I respond if they react this way? Yeah. Um, so it's easier it's easier to go kind of prepared with a quiet heart and being like, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get up and argue type of thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought that was a, a helpful piece of advice. Good. And even there, I, I know for me, I have to be careful cause I can run through the scenarios in my head a lot. Yeah. Like, so some, sometimes my best work is done while I'm riding my bike and my mind is, is operating on its own. But I can also have these conversations and I can put, I can make them to be horrible people in the, you know what I mean? Like I'm and anticipating and rarely does it ever go that badly mm-hmm. from what they're saying. And so I almost can build up resentment in my mind ah, yes. um, to things that I think they might say. And so anyways, I still think it's important to prepare, but, but the, maybe the key is like inviting God's grace into that prayer and preparation. Right. And so I that, think you mentioned it too, like you have to be angry enough to actually want to have the conversation, but not too angry yeah. or resentful that you go in with the wrong intentions. And by the way, that that's for me, not the peacemakers training. I don't think that <laughs> that's actually one of their suggestions. That's just how I know I am. So I mean, it makes sense because yeah. if you're not actually angry about it, then it's not hurting the relationship. Yeah. And then there's no need to bring it up. Yeah, that um, would be. Yeah. So speaking of bringing things up, I I am curious. I have a question. Yes. What is your reaction to that that video I showed? Um, uh, it's not about the nail and yep. 
Is there a male-female thing going on in that? I that, have definitely uh... seen that video before. Okay. And usually it is the kind of like the difference of the the stereotypical straightforward male and the um, the more emotional female, I guess. I don't... Is that... I'm not sure I'd use the word emotional, yeah. but the, 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 the woman who wants to know she's heard. Yes. And not just... You're not just checking off a list. Right. So there's a good side to that. Yeah. Um, I think there's something in men that are not necessarily not in women, but I know are in men, is we want to fix things. Yeah. And it is hard for us to have someone just talk about something that we could fix <laughs> and and not want to fix it. Yeah. And so that's where the male-female is, but the, the where I brought it to here... Is just, you know, having that conversation where there's just that disconnect. Mm-hmm. And how do you fix that? How do you, yeah. how do you work on that? And it's definitely, it definitely makes the conversation more difficult. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it's right, it's right there. It's right. right right there. Like, let me just do it for you. Like, let me just reach over and pull the <laughs> nail out for you. Because clearly you're... But uh-huh. I think there is something to letting people kind of walk at things in their own pace. So... Yeah. Um it it takes it takes wisdom to know when to nudge them along and when to um let them be for a bit. Yeah. I have an older pastor. Uh, he I, you could call him my coach at times. He he um he'll he'll meet with me by Zoom now, not mm-hmm. in person, but but he rarely would give me answers. <laughs> he just asks a lot of questions. Yep. And he tries to help lead me through the questions. And then he points out the answers that I give. Yeah. Rather than telling me what I need to, to know. And that's really how Jesus did it, too. Jesus rarely answered a question with an answer. Yeah. He usually answered with another question that went to the heart of the issue. Right. Whose portrait is on this coin? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? <laughs> you know? Even that, he asked as a question, not as an answer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there was something... Okay, so one of the things you mentioned is the... Like, we find it hard a lot of times to address the specific issue. Um, and I know this... I have one of my really good friends. Uh, she actually struggles with that a lot. And so oftentimes I'm helping her work through that and, like, asking questions and trying to get to the specific issue. Mm. Like, okay, this thing bo- bothered you, but like, or you're feeling, you know, somebody did something that made you feel this. Well, why? What exactly did they do? Yeah. And uh, so, like, for her, it's helpful to, for her to talk to me about it. But, like, how do we know when, because there's the other thing, too, that we've been talking about as part of the series of, like, not getting into gossip. Like, yeah. we want to go directly to the person. And so how does another thing of how to gently engage, like seeking help. So how do we like seek help and also not gossip? That's a good question. One is it, it depends a lot on first and foremost is your heart attitude. Mm -hmm. Are you going to the other person just to work them up against the one who's done you wrong? Mm -hmm. Or are you sincerely saying, I need help thinking this out? So it's your heart attitude. One is who you go to. Mm-hmm. Are you going to someone who, you know, you'd be motivated to get them to turn against them? Or is it a, a party who can be disinterested, mm-hmm. who can give good advice? I mean, are you just looking for them to 
join you in your anger or are you sincerely saying I need to talk this out? Mm -hmm. I process a lot of things verbally. I'm the same way. And so I oftentimes do have to talk to people and say, this happened. Um, You know, I even just, am I crazy for thinking this way? (laughs) Like help me make sure I'm not off before I, before I have to go address it to them. Yeah. So I think as long as your heart attitude in going seeking advice is right, you're generally okay mm-hmm. um, with that. Yeah, yeah. We, me and my friend, when we do it, we have kind of like a co-word that I had learned somewhere. Um, but we like we just say like, "Hey, I need a lightning rod. Like, I need okay. somebody to just take the anger and like everything that's in me and just ground me for a second. Like, yeah. don't." Don't expect, I have no expectation that you'll fix it, that you'll do anything with it. Just help me ground. And then we can, like, after I'm grounded, we can move on from there. Yeah. And that's, I think, also prayer and journaling can Mm -hmm. also do that. Um, I think I brought up journaling at least two or three times now. But, (laughs) but again, that's just, you know, it's almost like letting the Lord be your lightning rod. Yep. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I have another, another fun question. Uh, so after, so this is now after, um, somebody has asked for forgiveness. So they, you, they've done something wrong or you've called them out on something. They've asked for forgiveness. Um, and then, you know, sometime later they make the same mistake. So, Mm. We previously, several sermons ago, talked about how, like, Jesus said, like, no, we're supposed to forgive our brother 77 times 7 times. Uh And so what, like, is there a balance between, like, how many times I forgive my brother, but also, like, how do I hold them accountable? Like, do I approach them every single time? Because depending on what the issue is, it's not just going to get fixed overnight type of thing. Yeah. Um, That, again... Of course, everything you bring up is hard, Jessica. So. <laughs> Sorry. No, but it's called the difficult conversation for a reason. The the thought that occurred to me, and one of the things I did in this one, is I had to take two chapters and roll them into one. Mm-hmm. And so I gave a little short sh- shrift to the chapter five, which is on making the apology. Mm. And I know in the Peacemaker video... He talked about that if if you're the one apologizing, if you've done wrong and you're seeking forgiveness, sometimes you have to be willing to face up to consequences. And that might mean, like, if you know it's something you'd be tempted to do again, like, you might come up with an accountability plan. Mm. So depending on the issue, mm-hmm. I mean, one thought I have is, is it could be when... When you leave that person and say, I forgive you and I don't want this to be between us, but I know how we can be. And if you would do this again, do I have your permission to 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 bring this up? Mm-hmm. And maybe almost set it ahead of time that, that you could say, hey, we, we talked about this. Is, is, you know, you'd said it would be okay to point out that you did this, you're doing right. this again. And if it becomes a... I don't. I don't know. That that's that's the thing that occurs to me on accountability. Mm. Um, it is awkward. Like in, when you address it, you think it's done, and then six months later, it comes back again. Um, 
I don't know if there's a, a great solution other than you might have to have that re-up that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that seems fair. Yeah. Which is frustrating because you want it to be done, right? <laughs> right. You want it to be fixed. Just, just fix it, ignore yeah. it, forget it. <laughs> right. But again, you don't let it become in the way of the relationship. And just mm-hmm. say, it's almost what you have to say is like, I don't want this to be an uh, issue in our relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's why I have to, I have to bring it up again. Yeah. No. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, another question. So, um, so you mentioned at the, I think the end, you kind of concluded your sermon by saying that conflict and this difficult, uh, difficult conversation that we're talking about is never, ever straightforward. Like, ever. Yeah. Um, and so, like, what is what is kind of the benefit? Why do why did we spend so much time talking through kind of like these straightforward steps if it's never actually straightforward? Yeah. Well, what I would say is you're setting the principles so you can try to keep your head straight in the midst of things that get confusing. Mm. And it is still going to be hard to keep your head straight, but at least you have a direction to aim. The other thought I have is if if you start to incorporate these that they become natural um you you just naturally know in your head because you've done it before you don't um bring up everything you only keep it you know keep this specific or Mm -hmm. you you know you affirm a relationship before you you would when you start to incorporate these more and more and you get used to them you actually head off a lot of conflict Mm -hmm. or they get so minimized they don't even seem that bad um, but every so often it's going to be big enough mm-hmm. that it, it'll go off the rails and it'll be messy or one, one party won't follow the rules, you know, yeah. and that's, it's just going to happen that way. And, and it's going to feel uncomfortable. I know what I, I remember someone brought up this morning in our staff meeting, like the other thing you need to do is allow patience because mm. sometimes the other person is going to need more time to think this through mm-hmm. and you may approach them and they may in the, their first hearing not hear it right i know i'm that way someone will will bring something up even if it's not so much a rebuke to me just they'll bring up an idea and i'll find 10 ways to dismiss it but i'll think about it i think well maybe if i so later i will see a way that maybe this is a good idea if you do this mm-hmm. um so patience sometimes matters mm-hmm. in a lot of this. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I have a question, Jessica. Yes. This is kind of a older person, younger person thing. <laughs> is is when, how does it feel for a younger person to be, if this is being done by someone older? Is it is it feel different than if it's a peer? Does it does that question make sense? Yeah. I think. I think I would have to say it, it depends on kind of the, the relationship beforehand. Okay. Like, like, is it, a, is it an old, is it just somebody who is by age older or is it, um, but somebody who is by age older, but it's someone you consider a friend and you're kind of on equal ground with, or is it somebody? I guess who, I'm looking for someone who maybe is a higher position. Higher position. Yeah. Yeah. I think it. Okay, so the other question, just to make sure that I, I want to make sure I know where you're getting Which at. is harder to receive? 
from someone who's uh, older. Okay. And you would say they're in a higher authority position mm-hmm. or to hear a correction from a friend, someone on an equal status. Yeah. I think that... So I think that... it. Okay, I'm going to answer in two ways. So culturally speaking, um, a lot of what I've heard of um, my generation and even generation... Uh, Z or X. No, Z. I'm Uh, X. You're X. So Z, (laughs) yes. Gen Z, there. Um, Is there's a lot of distrust in authority. And so, especially if it's an authority figure that they don't have a very close relationship with, I think it can come, like, it's very easy to just put up the defenses immediately and be like, you don't actually know who I am. Like, you don't know me. You don't know my struggles. Like, why are you trying to fix me? Type of a thing. Um, whereas I think that because of that kind of background of the distrust and authority, it makes peers um, seem a little bit more safe. A peer can speak to it more easily than... Yeah, and because yeah. typically if you're peers, you're in the same boat together type of thing. Right. Um, so it, you're encouraging others along. Yeah. Um, I know I know. I personally too, tend to respect authority, and so if somebody called me out, I would probably pay attention. Yeah. Um, and the reason I asked this question is, you in our pre-conversation, you you were talking about you talking to a student, and you said something about the student said she yelled at me. And yeah. I've noticed, like a a student or whatever a younger person will say, if you just say something of correction, they'll say, "Oh, he yelled at me," <laughs> when I never raised my voice, mm-hmm. like yelled at is code words for saying they tried to correct me Mm. and but i think that's always from higher to lower yeah like they wouldn't say my friend yelled at me they would say it differently yeah yeah i don't know how that you're right though because i totally my parents were not big yellers Uh as in raising volume but uh I would definitely, like, if I was retelling the story, I'd be like, and then they yelled at me. And, yeah. you know, my mom would be like, I did not yell at you. Do you want me to yell? <laughs> but, it's, but, yeah, I've definitely done that. Um, but and, Yeah, having had that happen to me many times, I'm like, <laughs> I didn't yell. I'm pretty good at not yelling. Sometimes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, yeah, that's a good question. Um, okay, so I think how I would like to wrap up our time, or at least we'll see how much of a wrap up this is. Um, so I kind of want to hit a couple of situations that, uh, me or others have, I know have definitely encountered or faced, um, that are definitely not straightforward Yeah. and kind of just talk through them or, you know, uh, yeah, talk through them a bit. So the first one is, um, so if somebody comes up to me we'll just we'll do it this way so someone comes up to me and says hey you did x y and z and that hurt me and you know i am trying to do an apology but i feel like it was something that wasn't actually in my control um that like hurt them or like i was i didn't know any better i was naive and so there was no way i really like so how i'm trying to do an authentic apology when I don't feel like I need to apologize. Yeah. And I would say that's pretty common. Um, you know, it, it's like they're criticizing you for something and you feel like it's an unfair criticism, mm. but especially 
the the feeling like using the words of I was hurt or it damaged me and I'm and sometimes I know I'm a little bit matter of fact I'm like that hurt you like all I you know um I we still said you know words don't hurt like sticks and stones um so I think one is it's important to be honest and not try to pretend to be a you know a pretend apology doesn't really help anyone um but it's potentially can you clarify more for that Mm. and what would you have what how do you think i should have handled it maybe doing more questions and maybe even just being honest with you know i i i'm sorry that that did hurt you i i didn't intend for it to hurt you Mm -hmm. um but i'm not sure how i could have handled it differently Mm. and um kind of being honest with 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 the dilemma you're facing and yeah now that may not help them especially (laughs) if they're hurt or they're angry yep um they may not let that anger go but i think that's at least a starting point Mm -hmm. do you have a thought on that Hmm. i think it for me the temptation would just be the like oh i'm sorry i'll never do it again and just kind of like make a pretend apology okay um and then probably overthink all of my conversations with them after that that fact and make sure i don't do something again that was out of my control um and i do wonder do do people sometimes use language of of hurt or trauma as almost manipulative arguments in in these current days i i have experienced that um, uh-huh. very, yeah, I've definitely experienced that, um, with one individual in particular. Um, but, but I think it definitely helps. I think, as you said, like planning, planning through the conversation beforehand to right. gently approach it could definitely help because there's ways that you could say it that are more manipulative than others. Um, so, and even just the, there have been times when like, Actually, I have an example. Um, So I have a friend. So my friend that I was actually talking about before. um, So we had a mutual friend, and her, the mutual friend, and my, my friend got into a kind of a disagreement argument, and it it happened to somewhat be related to me, and so I was comforting my friend who had been hurt by our mutual friend, and then like after the fact like the reality set in that it was also about me too. And so then I felt hurt. Mm. And, um, at some point it was actually years later, I brought up the hurt to my friend because at the time she was the one who was more hurt than me. So I felt the need to, you know, take care of her and help her through it. And so I brought it up to her and it wasn't, it wasn't directly related to her. It wasn't, um, like there was nothing she could have done to fix it or change it. It had been years later but just okay. getting it off my chest and kind of being able to have that open conversation with her and her being like, I didn't know, like you never, I, I didn't know that that's how that impacted you. I'm really sorry. Mm. Um, and then kind of how you said like, next time, could you let me know type of thing when something like that happens? Yeah. Um, so that actually was a very healing uh, process. I think if both people are seeking healing, it's, yeah. it can be good. 
I just do think there can be a dishonesty in some of that language. Mm-hmm. And I was hurt, and therefore it's my hurt is your fault. Right. You hurt me versus a, like, you did this, and it affected me like this. Yeah. Kind of keeping them separate. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next one. Um, we're learning all of these great tools of how to deal with conflict and anger and things. So what happens if you have two mutual friends who are arguing and are just completely destroying their relationship and you've tried to get them to talk to each other, but they won't? Um, hmm. When do you step in? <laughs> like, is there is there a point where you just, like, be like, well, I'm going to, like, you know, I will force you two to talk to each other or like I'm just going to tell you what the other person is thinking because they refuse to tell you and like hopefully one side can get the conversation started I think the latter is probably not what you want to (laughs) do I don't think you want to make yourself cannon fodder um for the the battle between them Mm. um I think expressing man I, I I'm I really love both of you and I wish you you would try to seek resolution here Mm-hmm. Um, I understand your feelings, but I wonder if, you know, mm-hmm. um, do you think there's any way that you could have a, a good conversation and seek reconciliation? Yeah. But you can't drag anyone else. You know, you can beat a dead horse, but you can't make it drink. Mm. So, uh, I, I don't know if I have a, a great solution <laughs> for, for that either. Um. But I, in some ways, it's owning owning what you do and not feeling like you have to control other people. Mm. You don't have to own what they do. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, you know, you can express hurt like if, man, you are both friends of mine and this is really hard for me. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that helps or not, but. No, I think it, I think it does. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, like, that kind of goes back to Ezekiel 3. Um, of like, you know, even though that, that call that Ezekiel had, um, wasn't like, isn't necessarily specifically ours. Um, Uh but there's definitely certain things like the fact that we can, you know, once we, we say the words out loud, then it's up to the other person. Yeah. We're not responsible for their actions or how they respond. Um, that's definitely a helpful thing to keep in mind. I know something I tend to do that I'm I'm not sure is always helpful is someone will come to me and they'll be talking about a situation that, that involves another person. Mm-hmm. And I like to analyze everything. So I'll be thinking out why might they have done that mm-hmm. before I've taken a time to listen to my other, my friend who's speaking to me about how that's affected them. Mm. And so sometimes they'll feel like I'm taking their side when that's not the intent. It is just, what 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 do you think's going on there? Mm. And so I need to be better at listening first and saying, yeah, I could see why you you feel hurt by that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think there might could be a role in getting them to think what might be going on in the other person's life or right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Where we're going next in the next two weeks is talking about what does forgiveness look more like. Mm. That's this next sermon. Um, 
And then really the even the harder case of what do you do when it's an obstinate, you know, how how, how do you respond when they, they don't want to be at peace with you? Mm. You know, Paul says, live at peace with everyone. As far as, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, there, there's, you know, two parts to that. Yeah. And, um, so we're going to at least explore what, what, how, what would God say to us in those situations? Mm-hmm. So. And I'm sure it'll be fun and lead to more questions. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, as always, thank you, Pastor Mitch, for chatting with me. Thanks, Jess. And uh, we'll see everybody else next week. All right.